0: no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Footballistically Arsenal. I am Boyd Hilton. Sidekick Josh is, I assume he's in his Soho House style um, office, but he's actually not on video at the moment, listeners. Just to let you into that little technical detail. Oh, there he is. There he is. Um, resplendent. Thanks, Josh.
1: No problem, boys. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm currently joining off my phone, but I will I'll be on the computer imminently. A little bit of background mm. there of te- technical problems that we encountered yeah. as we started um, this podcast this week. And I saw you in real life yesterday, which was a treat. Yes. IRL.
0: Um, yeah, we had a... Luscious brunch. I think we have to use the word brunch. Um, That kind of middle class, frankly, um, slightly wanky phrase. But there we are, and it was very nice. Well, there was
1: there was debate whether it was brunch or lunch. Once it gets past, I don't know, twelve thirty.
0: Yeah, I think you turned into a lunch with your um, French onion soup and.
1: Yeah, well, that was it really. Just uh, yeah, French onion. I went for two starters, so French. Onion soup. I think, boy. though, I was disappointed you didn't get snails, frankly, because all I've heard about is how, you know, dominated by snails. No, Dom, Dom had brunches. snails. Dom,
0: Dom, Dom you know, why didn't you have, why don't you have any? I never have snails. Any? I don't have snails. I can't eat snails. They're ridiculous. Anyway, mm. before we what continue to our so guests? Can... Do you think
1: our guest, before you ask him, do you think our guest yeah. has ever eaten snails?
0: Of course. Oh, this is a man of sophistication. And, um, pedigree, uh, let's ask him, welcome, uh, staunch, uh, footballer at the Arsenal guest, Alan, Alga. Hi, Alan, how are we doing guys? I think
2: even though my surname should be pronounced Algier and it does have obviously French, Along. Title, I haven't ever, uh, eaten snails. I don't think I would actually. Wow. No. Winkles, cockles, mussels—you know, uh, you know—all that oh, yeah. good working-class yeah. London seafood, yeah. but never snails.
0: Yeah, I don't even—I can't even eat those things. I don't really like those, um, like kind of uh, that consistency of food. Yeah, I reject that even, even though I am from Essex, of course. Um, so I should be. Anyway, enough of this utter indulgence. Um, we've got two games to talk about. The Liverpool. We've got two. Really annoying games to talk about. The Liverpool defeat of the Carabao Cup semi-final. The irritating 0-0 draw against Burnley yesterday. Lots to discuss. Um, Transfers, is anything going to happen? Um, What's going to happen with Aubameyang? Um, Are we annoyed about the two, two and a half week break we've got now? Before the next play another game? I am. Etc. But let's start with Alan... Um, as is his won't on Twitter, always comes up with a good stat. And yesterday, Alan, you tweeted this. 40th home Premier League game for Arteta today. Tenth time we've failed to score. Twentieth time we've scored under two goals, less than two goals. Brackets for context, Unai Emery's Arsenal failed to score at home just once during his reign. And uh, just just uh, another interesting stat, Albino. Well, um, tweeted today saying, Arsenal failed to score in the last fifty nine minutes of football in all competitions. We're in a really weird period, aren't we, Alan? Because we had a bit of a, we had a lovely performance, a fantastic performance, really, against City. We had a staunch defensive performance against Liverpool after we'd had a player sent off. But apart from that, it's been a bit, it's been deeply mediocre. So what do you make of the whole situation we're right in at the moment? I think you can explain
2: Those other two games, along with the the four-game winning run. Um, You know, it it does stand to reason that there's a saying that the most plausible explanation is probably the explanation. And the four games that we won on the trot in the Premier League, yes, you've got to beat who's in front of you. But, you know, the last time I was on this pod, how confident was I that we would beat West Ham? Very, very confident, even though on paper it looked like one of our... Hardest games, and the reason I was confident is that we were playing them with half their defence out. The same way we played Southampton with half of their defence out. The same way we played Leeds with half their team out. And the same way we went to Norwich and played a depleted version of the Canaries. Now, those four wins, we had to obviously go and win those games, and we played well in those games. But we were given a, a, a big helping hand. To me, there was more evidence of progression in the the, the City game that you mentioned yet you know we still did lose that game and i bizarrely think that if we hadn't had a player sent off in that first leg against liverpool we'd have probably lost the game with 11 men i know that doesn't seem to make sense but i feel that our only option was obviously to defend quite staunchly as you say with the 10 men and therefore the most likely outcome was a either a low-scoring Liverpool win or or us sneaking a nil-nil draw. I do actually believe if if Jacker had stayed on the pitch, it, may, it might have been quite different and we'd have been more open. They might they might have beaten us. That's by the by because they did beat us eventually anyway. Um, now, uh, you know what explanation can you put around being at home to the bottom team in the Premier League, a team that struggle. To score goals, a team that struggled to be a threat, a team that don't need much organisation in your defensive ranks, particularly without the kind of player um, Wood, who's gone to who's gone to Newcastle, that could cause us could have caused us problems. Um, to me, it was just bizarre instruction to get the team to just slowly knock the ball about and look for gaps. There weren't going to be gaps because Sean Dyche prepared them to have their men behind the ball and reduce the number of gaps. We didn't we didn't draw them on to us. You know, he was out he was outmanaged yesterday with someone with far less resource, far, far less resource than, than 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 was at Arteta's disposal. And I don't I don't think there are many excuses you can give for it. And when you put it in in a broader context around those stats that are you know I found yesterday and tweeted. Uh, I mean, I had a bizarre reply to that saying you would say that. I was like, but th- th- they are the figures. You know, I haven't made them up. They are mm. the figures. Mm. I wanted to have a little look because it did seem to me that we failed to score a lot at home under Arteta. It did seem to me that we don't seem to have free-flowing attacking play. And I did tweet coming out the ground, and I definitely mean this, that the, the latter days of Wenger were at least more exciting in the way that we attacked and the way that we, you know, built up play.
0: Um, and Yeah, I don't know if they were that more exciting, to be honest. That's, I, have, I would slightly, I mean, we, I, I thought actually this, this performance was redolent, very, very rem, reminiscent of late Wenger in that we had all well, the possession. We had 76% possession. And absolutely no, you know, but a, a very slow. I, I remember us playing very slowly and irritatingly under Beringer in the last few years. So, but you know, that's just that's just that's just one
1: point.
2: Carry on. Well, I, you know, I, I I can't change those those figures. That they are the figures. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. He has uh, he has a fail to win rate now of of fifty two point five percent in all his Premier League games with us. You know, that's yeah. a huge extension of, of, of Wenger's last 80 games, which where it was at 45. Emery's games where it was at 50. You know, we're up to 52 and a half games that we failed to win now. His win rate is, is 47 and a half in the Premier League percentage. Um, you know, Emery's was, Emery's was 49. The loss rate has gone up to 31.25%. That's nearly a third of our Premier League games we're losing under Arteta. Mm. Emery, mm. Managed to, em, Emery managed to managed to stop the, You know the bads when the when Wenger's last eighty games, it was twenty-seven and a half percent loss rate. Emery managed to to re- restrict that and got it down to twenty-five and a half percent. So only a quarter of the games, and Arteta's extended it up to a third of the games. You know, I, I want to say, yeah, I love the way Saka has come on, Emil Smith-Rowe, and I love the way the free-flowing football pre-Christmas got us four wins on the trot. But when you package it all up, you have to at least be concerned about it. You know, you, but the, and, and let's say yeah. from the point that we always have to say, bizarrely always have to say, of course, we want any Arsenal manager to do well, whoever they are.
0: So also, um, let's just let's let's just put mention some mitigating circumstances though. Not not our our first choice midfield. Both our first choice midfield players absent due to suspensions. Um, players at Afcon still. Um, uh, and my question about when you said that he set them out, he set us up to play in that way. Are we sure? Are we a hundred percent sure that he did? Or is there a possibility that? They just were knackered um you know depleted to some extent um and that they ended up playing in that slightly in rather weirdly safe and predictable and slow way, in spite of the manager's instructions. Do you know what I mean it's possible I, isn't it I,
2: I don't it is possible, but i don't buy that i don't buy that look we've all got a good view in that stadium apart from about the first four or five rows that uh, anyone can tell you, if, if they've been to that game yesterday and sat anywhere other than the first five rows of the lower tier, that the build-up w- was poor. It was, it was so slow. It, the amount of times you could have stopped the action and seen two great forward passes, or at least wanted your forward players to make a run, and they didn't. Now, are they not making that run because they've been told not to make the run? Are they not making that run because they're tired? I mean, I don't buy that excuse either, because although we're in a tough time with our squad at the moment in terms of absences injuries and other things like that this is this is a side that had you know two and a half to nearly three days rest after the liverpool game which was a tough game but you're playing against a side that haven't played for a long time and should be a little disjointed themselves they've just had one of their best players sold from under their feet and yet there was still not any of that kind of urgency in the first half an hour to say, we might tire towards the end because of our squad situation, but let's go and give it a go. You know, these are professional athletes. And to me, there was none of that at all. There was no bursting forward. The amount of times that, I know Ben White was playing out of position, the amount of times you picked the ball up at right back and he looked diagonal and the only ball that was on most of the time was Tierney on the other side. And I know we do like to switch it up but Lacazette didn't make runs through. Saka didn't make runs through in front of him. Odegaard didn't make runs through. I mean, it was impossible to find a pass a lot of the time. And that's why I went backwards mm. and sideways. And mm. it, to me, and I, I, I really do think this sums it up completely. And this, this isn't getting at Arteta and it isn't making excuses either. And it, it, it's the key thing. He wants to play like Manchester City. He believes in Pep's philosophy. He hasn't got the players to do it. When Manchester City do it, they find about three attacks, three to four attacks every 10 minutes. We only find about one every 20. And theirs are more efficient because they've got more money and they've got better players executing those attacks. Yeah. So in reality, you're looking at the most watered down, poor version of the way City play football with worse players, and fewer chances, so you're going to get more Josh, outcomes like
1: that. Yeah, Josh, do you agree? Well, I I, I thought I was upset by yesterday um, <laughs> a little bit, but I now I might retract that, and I don't feel anywhere near quite as uh, as uh, as negative, if that's the right word, as, as Alan did, and he's, you know, he's obviously good. got statistics to back it up. I think we we have to um, you know be, be realistic that there has been very little room to change up this team for for a while now, certainly since the start of AFCON, these players are having to simply go again there there is no opportunity to to give them a break and it felt a bit like yesterday that unless Saka could find a real moment of quality and he so nearly did, he cut in and hit one wide and it, looking back at it, we, we actually had more chances than, than maybe I thought being, being at the game when watching it back. I think, I think we had we five did, shots but, but, on target. We had 12 corners against the Burnley team that gives credit. They were incredibly disciplined and they made it hard. It was never going to be a 3-4-0 yesterday unless we got a really early goal. I think it was always going to be quite difficult. And you look at that chance that Lacazette got, and nine times out of ten, you assume or hope that he scores that. and. I don't think we were that far off winning winning 1-0 yesterday. It was incredibly frustrating. I don't think we ever really felt like we were going to concede a goal and we should, you know, okay, Burnley, bottom of the league. But, Josh, but it you, wasn't a total disaster yesterday, Alan. It wasn't horrendous. It,
2: it was. It was. And you summed it up yourself. You summed it up yourself. You said it was only when I read back how many shots we had that I thought, oh, actually, I've maybe, you know, Misremembered how how badly we played, and that's because fifteen of those shots were off target, and at least two of the on-target shots were actually just trickled into into Pope's hands. We we didn't create anything other than one very very good chance that Lacazette was was obviously put off by the defender and didn't and didn't strike. The the, the quality of chance there, the cor- so- there was the corner. There was
0: the corner. That was a really good yeah, corner in wasn't the it? first when, half when, um, as well.
1: Saka laid it back. Emil Smith Rowe. Uh,
0: the save yeah, from Emil Smith, bro, right, from the corner it was, was brilliant. Isn't
2: that, there's no other words for it. It was poor. It was poor, and I'm somewhere. We know
1: I'm somewhere why between. It was disappointing. It was right.
0: I agree. It was disappointing. It was. I, I'm. I'm slightly halfway between. You. I. I think. I do think. I don't think you can ignore the mitigating circumstances, and, and and I also think that. Um, I think that the managers made mistakes as well. You know, just to, I mean, I would say this, which is that he could he he um a couple of. Just queries, you know, he brought in holding, put Ben White as fullback. Um, and you know, cause because you know that's fine with sure. But he could have played Callum Chambers, couldn't he, as fullback? I, mean, I know, I know, um, I know Alan is his biggest fan, but that was a possibility, which might have been less less disruptive just to stick with, you know, because Ben White does make forward a lot of forward runs from when he's playing as centre back. And he wasn't he didn't look great in that fullback role. I didn't think. And then um the tactics, as you say, as as Alan mentions, and I'm kind of like I think I, th- you know, it's definitely it's definitely there was definitely something weird about the way we were playing, and it, and I think the manager does take take some responsibility, and also one of his legendary substitutions. I thought the substitution when he took Emil Smith Rowe off after about 75 minutes, when we desperately needed a goal, we were kind of working ourselves up into a little bit of a head of steam, you know. He had a brilliant run um, as well, Emil Smith Rowe uh, at some at one point. And you know, I think he had a much better second half, than the first half was one of our bright, bright, one of our few bright lights, along with Martinelli. And he took him off, and he brought on Eddie Nketiah. And I just thought, and, and and it was like such a deflating moment. I just think I was amazed to bring Lacazette off, who's you know. Uh, Always looks exhausted after after you know that that amount of time, or you know, or even a defender. You know, just at this point, we desperately needed to go. We desperately needed to win. Burnley weren't offering anything. You know, I thought that was an absolutely terrible substitution and one of many very bad substitutions that he has at these key moments, um, Josh.
1: But oh, boy, I, I agree. It was one of the strangest noises at the Emirates. The reaction to that substitution because I think there was a. Thing that of course, so you're nil-nil with Burnley, Burnley at the bottom of the table. You want the manager to change something. But I mean, we mentioned this firstly, older hands up, hadn't heard of a couple of players on, on the bench. Um, and attacking wise, it, there was very little option. Like the, the option was Eddie, and that shows quite you know how, how threadbare the the squad has become. And you know, in a normal rewind three months, it was a bammyang um, you know, up front a Lacazette could come on or we were turning to um, Martinelli or we could turn to Pepe. I, it, the, the the difference is, is huge in terms of what options there were to come on. So I also don't really know what I would have done if I was Arteta. It felt like bringing on Enketia was um, unlikely to result in the, in the change and the goal that we all hoped for.
0: It's partly, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm partly, I I think Eddie Niketch is just not good enough at this level, Alan, you know. And it's partly, he didn't have hardly any options on the bench. I mean, he did have the young, the young winger um, Hutchinson, who apparently people say is really promising. He could have th- thrown him on. Um, but just taking him, Millsmith throw off, I thought was bewildering when he was one of our best creative players and uh Niketti came on and I don't know where I don't know what he was where he was supposed to be playing um I don't know he didn't contribute at all as far as I could make out I thought it was a very poor substitution but it's those things so almost more than I mean I take on board everything you said in your in your excellent opening um monologue but those decisions I find really irritating from from the manager
2: but I think they're contributing to those stats. You know, I, I, I always say, and, and, you know, I think it does need saying again, you, you can't take one game in isolation and base your doom or gloom about Arsenal on that because, you know, that's just, that, that's going to be a really silly thing to do because you'll be up and down. But look, let's take it as a collective explanation of those games pre-Christmas that we played depleted sides yesterday was such a huge game it was such a huge game for the top four aspirations but in in reality it's a huge game in the aspirations for the very minimal target of top six that we've set our you know I, i don't think anyone is is out there saying we expect to be top four we've still got a chance of it but we know that it's going to be tough what we Wanted at the start of the season when we were setting that low bar of expectation was that you can't be eighth again. You know, you've got a squad and a spend that suggests you should definitely be getting this side six. And if you do, you know, we'll see how we're progressing. But yesterday's substitutions, I know it was limited, but you're right. Enketia, we knew Enketia wasn't good enough for us four years ago. So why are we trying to think? <laughs> he could be the answer in 2022 when we knew way back in 2017, 18, that he, that unfortunately he's not, he has a level. And, and personally, I don't even feel that level is premier league. I really don't. I don't even think he's a bottom no, half premier good. league player. I think no, he's a really, championship yeah. player. Yeah. Now, yeah. if he, you know, if he'd come from another team, I always like to look at it like this. And I, you know, did the same with, with other, many other players we've criticized down the years would you buy Enketia for uh, on a free transfer now as Arsenal if he played at another club? You wouldn't, would you? So no, why would no. you use him and keep him in your squad and use him in a vitally important game
1: to try and snatch three points? What would you have done off the bench yesterday, Al? I
2: don't think there was when much we're nil you nil. Could have done. I'll give no, I'll give him that. I don't think there was much you could have done. I know that Hutchinson and 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 obviously Patino have, you know, great vibes about them from the under 23s. It's possibly unfair on them to say, okay, we're a bit stuck here, guys. Go on and be a match winner. But in in another respect, if <laughs> if they can do that, you look like a genius. And and if, and if you don't, you've got a lower sort of bar of failure because people aren't expecting them to come on and change the game. The problem with Nketiah is it tells everyone this is all we've got. And uh, you're right. Boyd, I'm not quite sure what um, formation or instructions Ketty was sent on with. He approached Lacazette and I, I saw him with his hands do a two as yeah. a two movement. And I thought yeah. that meant we're playing in a two, me and you. So did but that, then yeah. Martin got further forward. And by the end,
0: uh, Holding was up front with the two of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, it I mean, I mean a- in in answer to Josh's question, though, he could have brought on Hutchinson. I know, you know, he's he's a completely, you know, he, but no, he could not have brought jo- bring him on fifteen minutes. Why? At least it would have wouldn't have just taken, you know, m- not take off a Smith Rowe is the key point I'm making anyway, and certainly not bring on any Edin who never gives us anything in the Premier League ever. You know, there's that, and throw him on in in God knows what position as well. So got- I think. Yeah, go I've got I mean, I've got
2: one excuse that Arteta might have that we're not seeing, and that's that it's quite possible that Smith Rowe's management of time on the pitch is being dictated by the the, the medical team that sort of obviously advised yeah,
0: around know, this but...
2: because there's a lot of time we could have used him or we could have started him when he hasn't. I don't think it's that he doesn't fancy him as a as a player. I mean, I know the time you know, not much happens if we don't have him there and not much happened in the last year. If we don't
0: have him there. Well, there was that run to be, no, 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 to be fair to us, there was the run where we played, where we scored all those goals and and, and Smith Rowe was being kept out of the team just because um, of the formation. There wasn't, there wasn't any room for it because, Martinelli, Zaka and Odegaard, we were all doing really well. And that was fine. I didn't have a problem with that. And he came on and scored a few goals, a few times as well. It was in this game, it was taking him off in this game that I have an issue with, you know, which was, and and the thing about the medical team, he looked perfectly, I know it's, I know they know more than me. He looked, he didn't look tired. He looked less tired than Lacazette to me. Um. He, you know, he'd made a couple of really good runs. I just thought it was mystifying. And even if it, it you know, it's like the last 15 minutes before a, two-week break, you know, we couldn't keep on one of yeah. our most creative, I don't the know.
2: One, just I mean, the, 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 one, the one player that, that disappointed yesterday, and I think he's got every excuse in the book, and desperately needs this two-week break, is Saka. He had and one you, of his worst games for us. And, that, and, and, and I, I've been saying this all season, is that the lad has tremendous goodwill, has it, as he should, from all Arsenal fans. But I don't think Arteta should play with that in the sense that he is running him into the ground and he desperately needs this two week break to come back because he was so poor yesterday. Maybe he could have departed. I think, I mean, the one thing I, I really, really like Martinelli, he's close control, the way that he can trap, trap a pass. Maybe he should have gone a bit more central because he was still stuck out wide when Enketia yeah. came on and he was yeah, making things happen out wide, but uh, and again you you stopped the action when Martinelli received the ball i'm not kidding he had three or four players around him every single time so they knew that that was going to be one of our main ways to get Lacazette into the game in the middle because Lacazette wasn't going to win the ball uh, uh, and carry it forward from the, from the edge of the penalty area yeah, it was more likely that Martinelli was going to cut in with those you know cutback crosses that Lacazette can usually finish and only once did it happen because they were so efficient in, in cutting him out. But you've got to find ways to do that. You know, Sean Dyche doesn't get paid a quarter of what Arteta gets paid because he should be finding a way to beat him, especially with the kind of players that we've got out there, tired or not. So I can't buy all these excuses. when you And when you put all these excuses and that result with the stats that I've been talking about, you have to ask questions.
0: Well, you are asking those questions. We'll ask more questions. This is this is a very Alan Partridge-style link after this break, um, and we'll, we'll we'll speak more after this. And we're back. From the break, um I i, I take just read Saka a second. I, I, I don't. I mean, by his standards, you know, he wasn't. He wasn't the best. He, 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 I still think he's. You know, he still played. He still created loads of opportunities. Made loads of runs. Took and there was one. I remember there was one run he took on their defender and sped past him, and you know, uh did really well a couple of times. I mean, it's so even in even in his worst games, sucker It's still worth playing him, I think. And I know, I know the phrase "running into the ground." I'm kind I'm slightly less of the opinion like that we should be that he should have you know arrested him. I mean, you know, if he could have arrested him yesterday, for example, and played, I don't know, played um Hutchinson, think there would have been an outcry, wouldn't there? People would have been, you know, you've you've lost it, you're insane, there's a two-week break coming up. It's just one of those players, isn't he, sucker, who he's so good, he's so he he kind of every time he's on the ball, it's the possibility of something happening. That and he very rarely loses the gives the ball ball away. That I kind of almost don't blame Arteta for playing him every single bloody time. You know, I, I think it's kind of, I think it's just understandable. And again, if the if the medical staff you're talking about the medical staff was saying telling him that Musa Thuraya had to come off after seventy five minutes, then presumably the medical staff was saying suckers all right to play ninety minutes every single game of the season, pretty much.
2: Yeah, that's a fair shout. And um, you know, maybe he he was limited in however many sh- substitutes he made because. You know, I mean, what was the intention of having those youngsters on the bench anyway is another question because, um, you know, was it being 3 0 up and giving them all a taste of Premier League football, maybe? I mean, that seemed like an outside chance of that happening, considering our goal scoring record at, at, at home um, under him. So, uh, I mean, Saka yesterday, he, you're right, he still did things that were good for Arsenal. Um, in in the game, you know, involved in some of our best moments. But by the high standards he set, that was one of sure. you know, one of his worst oh, games. Yeah. And you do need I, him to yeah. perform. And I think that that the excuse he has is obviously that you know the amount of times he's played. Um, if he was going to have a rest, I didn't mean yesterday. I meant much earlier in the season, right. so that he'd right. be fresher now. But now now he's got the opportunity to do so. I'd expect him to come back fighting fit. I don't think Gareth Southgate needs to see what he can do. And I would really hope that he doesn't get picked in the, what should be an experimental England squad where Southgate finds out about his fringe players, not, not the likes of Saka. So you would hope he gets another break uh, in March. And, um, you know, if you're being completely selfish as, as, as we should be as Arsenal fans wanting the best for Arsenal, I think, you know, those two breaks should hopefully do him well. But again, there's still more that, the collective assets that that Arteta had yesterday should be doing against uh, uh, at the bottom of the table side.
0: Oh, we should have won the game, no doubt. Josh, I mean, in the end, looking at the looking at the, um, the where we are on the table right now, the situation, on the table. I think, you know, I I think it's just as likely we'll finish fourth as we'll finish seventh, eighth, fourth, fifth, or seventh, eighth. You know, it's such a tight group of teams there, isn't it? You know, we've all, I mean, we're currently sixth. Got the same number of points as Spurs, better goal difference. They've got a game in hand. We're playing them, of course, in the rearranged fixture whenever that happens. We've got two games in hand against West Ham or a point above us in fifth. We've got one game in hand against Man United so that if we won, we'd go above them and back into fourth in theory. Wolves coming up on the outside, um, a couple of points less than us, same amount of games. It's just really tight, isn't it? I mean, I, I just, my worry is though because I, I tweeted this saying you know pessimistically saying you know we're back down to 6th seventh you know we could finish the same place as last season and what happens then and a lot of people had to go some people had to go me saying well this is before the burnley game by the way this is like well we're going to beat burnley we've got an easy run of games coming up apart from the spurs you know it'll all be fine in the end but my i think that burnley defeat sorry the burnley um, draw. draw felt like a defeat sorry the draw i think that is a is a very strong reminder that we are not the team you can rely on to win those games that we should easily be winning in 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 theory. And Arteta isn't the manager we can rely on to not make cock ups like. You know, I think that substitution, like I would say, bring you on party in the Liverpool game when he flew back and has, it's like apparently had apparently had plane trains and automobiles, like his own solo version of it, to get back from the AFCON. And he played him. He brought him on. Got booked and sent off within like ten, five, ten minutes. That was a crazy decision, I think. Um, and I worry that you know we're going fi- to. I worry that we're going to finish seventh, eighth. Is my worry. But equally, what, 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 no.
1: But well, I mean, we said it before the game yesterday. You, you, you felt. Going into lunch yesterday, I think that we, we could finish fourth, and I I argued against it. I think we're just going to come uh, just just short. But I I don't think if we come fifth, that's like a huge disappointment for the for the season. I think we have to you know be realistic of, of what the expectations were back in back in August and and where we are. I think criticism for the Thomas Partey situation somewhat difficult. I think it's that's kind of decision will be down to the player do you want to take part? Do you feel able to you can No, I don't know. They don't. Trust me, they don't. Oh, you no. Not true. You know, from all the experts, like the points where they feel they know their body better than anyone. They don't want to be told by a medical person that they're ready if they're not. So I think it says a lot about Thomas Partey, which we should not criticize too much, because I think he's could have every opportunity there to have not taken part. The fact that he had to come on, I think that was almost to try and give the crowd a lift, because it had gone quiet at the Emirates after a noisy-ish kind of upbeat beginning um so I don't know if we can criticize Arteta too much for that I think the player has to take some responsibility for two fouls in the middle of the pitch when you're you know I think the score was already 2-0 when he made both challenges I think so yeah that's that and yesterday that's the bench he's got and Alan you mentioned that what's the point of having these kids on the bench well you might as well fill the slots and give them the experience of being around a matchday squad. But you knew, unless there was an injury, probably the only sub was going to be in Ketia and maybe Tavares at some point. And you kind of knew what was going to happen. So I think we, we shouldn't go too hard on them. There's massive he games could have to had, come. but Josh, that trip could to have Wolves... Had... Sorry, just
0: the one quick point. He could have had Ainsley Maitland-Niles and Balogun on the bench, if they hadn't have loaned them out, weirdly early. Well, I don't early know that Balogun Russell. would have...
1: Well, you, you have to wonder that, you know, maitland obviously was extremely keen to, to to get out of the to get out of the club and when certain care. deals Why, can happen, maybe Roma would have taken someone else. And I, I don't know. Those deals aren't it's straightforward. I think, you know, if he had to get out of the club at that time, then he had to get out of the club. Obviously, he would have got some game time in the last couple of weeks. That goes for absolute certain. Um, and as much as Alan started the focus on Arsenal's, you know, lack of goals and it's been a, a, a crap month for goals, hasn't it? I mean, we, we literally scored one against Man City in, in, in five games and that is so far off being good enough. But we, we come back and, uh, you know, we, that, that trip to Wolves, because they're the informed team in this, in this part of the table is yep. huge and I think I'll feel a lot more direction of, of what we're going to do after that. If we go and lose at Wolves, it will feel a bit of a way back, not least because of what happened in the last week mm. with Tottenham winning in an oh. extraordinary, crazy yeah. fashion at Leicester and United getting a last-minute winner against West Ham. It was a kind of, a, it felt worse uh, because of the drama oh, of those two. yeah.
0: Alan, what's what's the betting at
1: the moment? Do you know? Do you know if, who if, who's going to finish fourth in the in this? Well, well, I can tell you. I mean, Man United and Tottenham are ahead of us in the, in the betting, and that's just okay. swung around on on the last week. Um, but it's all very tight, you know. In United, Tottenham, Arsenal, uh, I think followed by West Ham or Wolves. I'm sure Alan will correct me, but I did not have a look at that.
2: That, that's exactly the right order. Um, Tottenham obviously drifted a little bit after yesterday, but they—it wasn't a game that they were in for the expect expectation of, of getting three points at uh, Stamford Bridge anyway. And um, yeah. you know, well, we obviously drifted off the back of that, and, and and as Josh Josh says, you know, we're we're six in that pecking order, and therefore the most likely position we finish is, is fifth or sixth. And again, I mean, I, I still would go back to saying that if at the end of the season we do achieve top six and it looks as though there has been a bit of progress in, uh, when, when you, when you look at those stats and those stats improve and, and there's at least a glimmer of hope and you can't explain things away. Like, you know, that four game winning run against really poor sides. And there's a, there's a glimmer of hope against the better sides. Um, then, then I think it still will be an okay season. I think it will be progress. And I think, you know, there were lots of rumours about Arteta being being offered an extension last week ahead of the Burnley game, but after the Liverpool game as a bit of a, a fillip to the fans. But in, in, in reality, I, I think that's a really stupid decision from whoever's making decisions at Arsenal at the moment. And, uh, you know, we do feel that maybe someone hasn't been making good decisions for a long, long time there. And that sort of, it heaped lots of pressure on Arteta yesterday saying that, you know, that deal that deal was on the table for him. Let's just get it done. Let's let's assess at the end of the season. No one's rushing you into a decision. If you're the Arsenal ball, no one's rushing you into a decision to retain Arteta. The, 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 you know, the, the media stories are saying, just in case City want him. Well, look, if City oh. wants him, it's because he's done yeah. well here. And therefore we'd have improved to the extent we're in we're in the top four and we'll be happy anyway. But I don't believe I, for I a minute the city wants on, him anyway. Yeah, I can't imagine that they do at the moment. I mean, it wouldn't take him tomorrow. So no. so therefore make your decision a lot later. Um My I don't worry, think you give him any favors no. either.
0: No. My worry generally about the um the league position and, and the performances generally is that I worry that the more, all of the way more um, uh, experienced managers of the teams surrounding us um, are going to make the difference, you know. Because I think we're all kind of much of a muchness, aren't we? I mean, on paper you might think, I mean, our best team is probably, I, you know, I think it's probably better than Tottenham's best team, you know, at the moment, and um, and better than West Ham's. But it's a case of, you know, are those players going to be fit? Are they not going to get sent off all the time? Um, Man United. I, I don't know. I just I can see I can see it all I can see it ending in slight disappointment because I am actually a pessimistic person, but I do think in this situation, Arteta's lack of experience is a is a worry.
1: I think we have to give Arteta our, our a bit more credit. I mean, I heard Chris Sutton on the radio coming back from the Liverpool game, which was deflating and disappointing, and I think we'd all got a little bit overexcited by the nil 0 which felt like a a win. In a way that the nil nil yesterday felt like a defeat, and Chris On was who I, who I like and have done work with, and, and you know always enjoy speaking to. But he was talking about how like coming forth would be acceptable, and you know a, a you know a reasonable return coming forth. Let's have it right would be a a terrific return on this season from from where we were, and Arteta bringing in six new players who. All presumably signings of, of his, and that he's had an influence on. For them to come in, not a single one be a failure so far. I think he deserves more credit, and he's managed to bed them all into the to the team. Four of them starting at the moment out of the six. I I think he's got enough experience from what we've seen. You know, what's it been? A hundred? He had a hundred games for Arsenal now that he recently. Went by. Yeah, it's, um, it's, I just it's, think we, we've got a finished squad. We desperately needed to crawl towards this international break. We have to hope that Pepe is inspired by having a good AFCON, which which he is at the moment. Um, I love the idea that they can sort it out with Aubameyang, but I, I don't see it happening. That we get Partey back, that Xhaka's back, Tommy Yasu's back. And suddenly we just have a few options again off, off a bench in the way that we don't. I really don't think it's quite as as doom and gloom um, as it might feel after the nil-nil yesterday. I think we still can take huge inspiration from that game against City and the way we went toe-to-toe with what Alan rightly described as a much more expensive, better version of what Arsenal are at the moment. And let's just see. I think if we can, if we can go to walls, put in a performance, avoid defeat, come back to home games against Brentford and Watford suddenly in three games time everything might feel sort of a lot more rosy mm. again it might, I'm just it not might. I'm Alan, not going to get down sure
0: good good yeah Alan Pepe is having a good AFCON as Josh says your, your favorite um Mr. Technique um it would be good to have him back wouldn't it as an option you know a a, a a decent option and I have to ask about Bamiang I mean I this is my feeling about Bamiang right and i I've I've said it a few times, but I'm going to say it again. I think we—it's like an act of self-harm for me, for, for Arsenal as a club to ostracise a player for you know whatever for whatever reason for this long. And um, you know, if, if we if we send him out to I don't know Saudi Arabia or whatever, them fine and get his wages paid for a fine, and if we bring a striker in, great, a new striker, a good new striker in, great. But if we don't bring a new striker in. Um, one of the ones that we've been linked with. And it's looking, it seems to be looking less likely as the days go by. There haven't been any updates on Vlavic, for example. Then we've got to reintegrate him back into the squad, haven't we? We've got I mean you you, you know to not have Obaming on the bench instead of Niketia, for example, would be ridiculous. He's still he's still a world class player. I know he was like, you know, he hasn't had a great season, but I just think it's it would be bizarre to to keep him out of the squad. Um, when we come back from this this break, what do you think? Am I am I am I being um, delusional?
2: No, not at all. But uh, I mean, do we know the extent as to which he's fallen out with Arteta in the club? Is it repairable? And if it is, then you know, regardless of whether Arteta's got him out there and thinking, I you know particularly <laughs> like this guy or what he's done, and I wanted to keep some level of discipline up, surely it would be cutting his nose off to spite his face to not pick him and, and have him as an option based on the fact that there, there, there really aren't many great options for him at the moment, especially if the transfer window doesn't go our way. So no, I completely agree with you. If you can integrate a, a player that's been towards the top of the golden boot charts and, and won it and joint won it and come second over the last four years, then it'd be utter madness not to. I think what's happened with, with Pepe at AFCON I mean, I, I think some of the games I think he's found his level. Other games, you know, the Premier League is a lot harder, I would say, than than that nas- uh, international tournament. Um, but I would have been dying to see him come off the, the bench on 60 minutes yesterday because he at least yeah. is someone yeah. that does make those runs. And although it's a yeah. bit unpredictable and sometimes it goes wrong, at least it's something that's a bit different and... And you know, out of the out of the players we got at the moment, he's one of the more exciting players. If if you know he he doesn't deliver as often as as he probably should.
1: Josh, did, did you see the comments from our former striker on this today? No. Adabayor weighing in on the uh, <laughs> Adabayor? Yes, uh, in an interview that he uh, he gave to I think I Turkish think- TV. I think he spectacularly misses the point, Josh, because,
2: you know, he's he's not forgiven by Arsenal fans because of the, the, the way that he moved from the club and the way that he disrespected well, the club.
1: Well, he, he, he jumped in on a bit of that today as well. Um, I know. By your, um, I think he, he basically says that, well, he, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but a little bit of like, you know, Wenger stitched him up by effectively uh, saying that he he had to leave because Man City had put in a huge bid, and so he wasn't he wasn't really wanted. But then telling the press that um, Adebayor had had gone for the money. Here a quote. quotes. He said, um, "Well, he starts talking about Mourinho. Mourinho is one of the managers I love and will always love." He is one of the most honest managers I've met in my career, which is crazy because most of the managers are all kind of fake. As an example, I had a meeting with Arsene Wenger in his office when he told me I had to leave because he didn't see my future anymore in Arsenal. So I didn't have any other choice than joining Man City. But I was very happy to join. And the next day, when I joined Man City, I saw him, him, Wenger, doing a press conference in London saying that I wanted to leave because the money was big and everything. And since that day, this... That is where the hate for Arsenal came from. Um, and then he talked about Abameyang and he said, um, I would be surprised to see a return. He's a great player. We'll see how it ends up. But having been stripped of the captaincy, there's rarely a way back. So the sooner Arsenal can agree a transfer, whether it's loan or permanent, the better. Abameyang is still a great player. So this could be a chance to get another big move off the back of this and also a chance for Arsenal to make some money out of a transfer, which rarely happens. As I mentioned previously, I think Newcastle could be a great move for Aubameyang. Yes, they're currently struggling in the league, but considering there are funds available to prop up the team, it could be a wise move for him. From Arsenal's point of view, Newcastle have got the money to pay for someone like Aubameyang. So interestingly, Emmanuel Adebayor is advocating for an Arsenal striker to move for the money. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Incredible. I mean, Um, that's,
0: that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. All I'd say is I think all managers, all managers are are quite happy to throw players to the wolves, aren't they? When they leave clubs, you know, I mean, I just think I'm sure from his point of view, it was unfair. What, you know, what what Wenger said about him, but, you know, I think, I think it's just the way football goes that when players leave, Clubs, you know, they're often painted as being the ones who want, you know, who are agitating to leave, whether they are or not, and whatever the situation is. But I mean, if Obamian goes to Newcastle, I'll be furious. I think that'd be absolutely ridiculous thing to happen. Um, if we don't buy, Alan, if we don't buy a Vlaavich or whatever striker in this transfer window, is that a massive, um, you know, what are we going to do? Because we've got Lacazette, who, I mean, he's been playing well, you know, but he hasn't, not scoring any goals. Um, As you pointed out right at the beginning, the lack of goals is a massive, massive problem. We fucking need a striker, don't we? Yeah, I I, I mean, I I admire so many parts of Lacazette's game now,
2: maybe harshly judging him, you know, many moons ago on that that podcast where we went head-to-head about Giroud. But Mm. I think, you know, I've, I've come to appreciate him a lot more. I think he's great with the younger players. I think he is someone that you can rely on on the pitch to be a, a good captain. Actually, when in in some ways we've been, you know, crying out for someone just to be level headed in the team, let alone uh, you know get hold of uh, it from a captaincy point of view. But is he is he really going to be a player that scores, you know, an, enough goals to retain that position there? And and he's not. He he just doesn't add that part to his game. So, to rely on him would be utter madness. I, I, I still would prefer to see Martinelli given a run down the middle. I know he's had little bits mm. in and out down the middle with, with, with you know, varying degrees of success, but I think he has the ability to be that player, and that might be the only option.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, or, or, or Pepe. Even, but yeah, I think Martinez down the middle makes sense if we don't. If we don't, you know, if we don't buy a striker. Don't we? Josh, you haven't heard any uh, likelihood of, us, of buying Vlavic or anything, have you?
1: No, 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 no particular inside information. I am afraid it's just one of them that the more it it sort of drifts and goes on, it doesn't feel quite like it's happening, but. With the way that the uh, season was was done and the break that we've got now, it makes sense that there will be business done in in this week and an opportunity for players to to move. I personally uh, don't don't see this one happening as it stands, but we uh, we may yet be surprised.
0: Yeah, I need to ask uh, Arthur Mello. We're, we, we, we're being strongly linked with still, aren't we? And everyone seems to be negative about Arthur. Um... Have you got any uh, strong opinions about that? I mean, he's a midfielder. He's in his mid twenties. He's Brazilian international. He can't be that bad, can he, <laughs> Alan? I do not know enough about him
2: to comment. Mm. I really don't. Okay. I mean, I've Fair seen enough. I've seen a few, you know, those YouTube compil- compilations where they make him look one of the best players in the world. But you can do that with a
0: lot of players. But um, I did see I did see that he'd been dropped um uh from the squad a few weeks ago because of um, because of being late because of his tardiness coming to training which would be incredibly ironic considering what we do with Aubameyang, if we then sign a player who's had issues with being late and was actually dropped from the squad. But there we are nevertheless we I mean we also need a midfielder don't we? I mean is i mean we've known for months that we need a much mid- somewhat strengthened midfielder. We
2: do sorry we, go on. we do and, and I th- I think I think Josh Josh did make a fair point yesterday that the recruitment was good in the summer. I mean, yeah. we're not looking around saying, yeah. I think there's been some terrible signings. So I almost feel when the club are in for players now, you feel a lot more trusting that that yeah. is a good route to take. So, you know, I, I don't know much about Arthur Mello, but if he's on their radar, then after the summer they've had, I think you can say, well, that, that's possibly a good thing.
0: Um, and we, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And we'd rather, wouldn't we? I'd rather actually, if they're not going to get Vlavic and him, I'd, ra- I'd, I'd rather they didn't just buy any old twat, you know, to fill those positions. And, you know, I'd rather give Martinelli a go up front, for example, and maybe bring Pepe back in or whatever, when he comes back, rather than buy a you know, an inferior striker, just because the Vlavic situation hasn't, ar- that's what we would have done five years ago. You know, I think our recruitment in the late Wenger period was diabolical. And I think a lot of the time, you know, we were linked to really good players and we ended up buying second-rate ones instead. And it was incredibly tedious. It's backfired
2: completely. It's it's, it's still costing us now
0: as a club. Yeah, it's still costing us
2: know, One of the most bizarre things is that people don't believe me when I say that Arsene Wenger's latter years are still affecting the team now and probably will for another two two seasons. It's, It's absolutely insane that you would think anything other than that. I mean, the last... Two weeks has shown you we're still trying to pay players off that, that he acquired on silly contracts, poor players. And yet, I don't even know why anyone would argue it. I don't even know. You're shaking I think your head particularly- off, But In what way can you not agree with the fact that his latter
0: years are still costing us now? Particularly in terms of recruitment, though, I think. Particularly in that area.
2: In loads of areas, but definitely that one. I mean, you can't argue with that one because we've literally had to pay players off. Uh, higher than their
0: market value. Josh, you were shaking your head.
1: <laughs> well, I, I mean, I feel like we, we we are going over old ground, possibly, ground. in the Wenger situation. Look, were there players that um, were signed in, in, in those last couple of years who have not gone on to be a success? Yeah, a- absolutely. Um, I think, you know, you could say there are. And uh, you know, I, I don't know what we can what we can say about that, other than you know we will invariably, if there's a change of manager, which has been not only from Wenger leaving and Emery coming in and then Arteta coming in, invariably you're going to see a turnover of players. So I don't think we should be uh, don't think we should be too shocked.
0: Oh, Alan, I have one very particular I- I- issue to ask you about, which is, which considering you know y- what you do, this whole betting scandal with the you know the um, the Arsenal player involved in this booking. What, what's your current feeling about that? Now, I'm sure I saw, and I couldn't find. I, mean, I was looking. At, I'm sure I saw someone on Twitter a couple of days ago after this initial investigation that you know the FA were going to investigate an Arsenal player being got a yellow card. Late in a game, and there was unusual betting patterns surrounding it. And I'm sure I saw a tweet at some point, someone saying, "Oh, they've dropped the investigation into the player." Um, but I think, but but then a couple of days ago, Athletic did a big feature on it, saying they're still investigating. What well, a, what do you make of the hot that whole bizarre story? Right, I'm
2: gonna I'm gonna be gonna be very very careful here. Okay. Uh, first off, I'm speaking personally, and nothing yes. to do with my job yes. or my
0: company. Of course.
2: And I'll just sum up what has been said rather than my opinion, just to give a bit of background. And then I'll give an opinion on what is out there in the news as the most likely, um, sorry, I'm being very careful here. Right. first no, no, off, of course, of course. First off, there was a particular yellow card that Arsenal received that did receive scrutiny and tweets about the betting market on that day subsequent to that there was a notification that there would be an investigation just before christmas regarding a report of strange activity in the betting markets that obviously all went pretty quiet and under the radar until a few days ago the athletic did report that the investigation was was back on the table and people did then go back along the evidence chain of what had been raised previous to christmas in one of those games and one of those things was a, a chart from a betting exchange which is where members of the public bet with each other um so that's not a company losing i think on the graph it was 60,000 euros uh, that's not a company losing 60,000 euros that's other private individuals losing 60,000 euros so uh as much as you could say that it was a fix that there was a, a yellow card in that game. Well, sixty thousand euros worth of people thought that there wasn't. So, in my mind, seeing that graph and having my own industry knowledge, I thought that that was just very much a group of individuals thinking there would be a yellow, and a group of individuals thought that there wouldn't. And they've all met in the middle as an exchange puts those people together. And there was a lot of activity around around that particular card. The subsequent report in The Athletic yesterday suggesting $420,000 worth of Bitcoin was bet against an Arsenal yellow card. They haven't said it's the same one as the previous investigation. You'd assume it. it's likely to be. $420,000 uh, dollars worth of Bitcoin bet on, on a yellow card with a $1.5 million Bitcoin liability. Let me just tell you now, if you went into any of the major, major UK firms, the most you would get on that bet is about 200 to 500 pounds, depending on the player. So for that for that company, whoever they are dealing in Bitcoin, it seems an, a really strange um, diversion of the story, because in my mind, that bet should never have been struck. And I don't know who's striking it, who's accepting it. So it's a it's a it's a very strange part of the story now and Mm. um i I actually tweeted yesterday you know as much as i know about the industry i don't understand how that bet was a accepted or b that that company are now reporting that bet because there's no way on earth anyone should be taking that kind of money on on yellow card betting Uh, as i say you go to some of the biggest listed companies in the world that have billions of reserves they would not Take more than about five hundred dollars, five hundred pounds from you on on a yellow card in a game. So to take four hundred twenty thousand U.S. dollars worth of Bitcoin on a yellow card is is probably one of the the most astonishing things I've ever heard about the betting industry in the last twenty years.
1: Yeah, I, I understand that. I mean, I appreciate it's a difficult topic for you to talk about. And you're talking in a very personal question. You don't have any insight. We assume. More more than what you what you've read. This is a strange story, and the amounts are so disproportionate to what you might find on a market that you suspect there is there is more to come from this investigation. Um, and it's potentially for it to be in the public domain in in this regard. It it, it feels it could could be serious or or you know if these figures are true. There's, there's, you think alan that there's more to come
2: yeah uh, yeah josh completely agree i mean i know you know you know you you, you work a lot with betting companies and you know you're not completely naive as to the way everything works and you know when i tell you that the most you would get on with a, a an established bookmaker is about 500 pounds 500 dollars you, you know what i'm talking about but um until yesterday when i saw the bitcoin story i was actually of the opinion that this you know Having just seen the one betting exchange graph, that this was just a a perfect storm of people on one side thinking it would happen, on the other side thinking it wasn't, and the exchange just had a bit of activity higher than the norm, and I think it would have all been buried. Seeing the story yesterday has provided a a sinister twist to this, and I can't give any insight as to where it's going to go, but it, it makes it a hell of a lot more confusing and unexplainable.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And, I, and I, it, the information you imagine that The Athletic published, in, to be published on a story like this with potential legal or criminal activity, which is what the implication is, you think the threshold of that to be printed is, it, you know, is high. And we should be clear as well, there have been incidents of betting allegations or even players being banned for betting. But that's very different. It's very different for a player to be banned for a, what effectively might be a a bet on a transfer situation. And they've told family and, you know, there's been players who have been done for that, or even just people within football having a bet on other football matches because yeah. they want to, and they're not allowed to. Um, this level of uh, potentially manipulating a game, albeit only a card, would be so. Is that a new territory in the Premier League? I mean, you're I mean, looking back to kind of the Fashnu and uh, Grovelar cases of, of the mid 90s.
2: Certainly, in, certainly in the top flight, um, as as far as I can remember, but not the top flight in this country, of course. I mean, the, the, the top flight in Italy has been, um, you know, has had plenty of scandals like this, not. What you would call spot fixing, as in individual things in the games, but certainly match fixing, and, and you know that's been wide, wide widely reported. Um, hmm. The only other instance of, uh, well, the, the the instance of yellow cards that has been out there did it actually Im- involve Arsenal? Because it was a, a Lincoln player that um, on their FA Cup run, which ended at the Emirates, um, was picking up yellow cards because obviously he was playing for a small team that don't usually have yellow card markets against their matches. But um, when they're in the FA Cup, they did have yellow card markets. And he thought that he would tell his uh, you know family and friends to get on yellow cards in, in those Lincoln games. That's um, that's a public story. So I'm not breaking any new ground or any rules by telling you that because that that is widely out there. But for that to happen in, in the Premier League would be... Astonishing. The only other thing I'll very quickly say is that having been involved in this with football authorities before, sometimes you get a situation where because the people that are looking into it, and I assume this would be the Premier League and FA in this instance before it becomes any kind of legal case, Whenever I've dealt with those authorities before when I've worked in non-league football or in other cases that that have been reported by companies I've worked for, there's such a lack of understanding at those places. Look, they can't understand everything. They do try and get experts in from the industry, but sometimes they just don't understand what they're being told. I don't even understand the story (laughs) yesterday in the Athletic, and I've worked in the industry over 20 years. So it's going to be a tough one to unravel and to prove. Wow.
0: Well, I mean, if you don't understand that, I certainly don't fucking understand. Um, the last item, go on, Josh, show you. Uh, I've got a last item on the agenda, but Josh, I can tell you, it interesting to say one more thing.
1: No, I was only going to say that presumably Bitcoin makes a layer of complexity um, oh, as to I tracing mean. money in a way that, yeah. uh, you know, me going on William Hill, uh, let's say, does not. So, yeah, it's an so intriguing was- one to keep an eye on. What, did, what was your final point on the agenda? My final point?
0: My final point of the, on the agenda is, what the fuck is going on with the entrance to the stadium right now with God, the massive yeah. queue? Thursday and night. Now, Thursday night, the Liverpool game was, was horrendous. I got there. I literally got to my seat the minute the game was kicking off. Dermot was really late. It took him ages to get in. Um, so did Dom, who I was well, oh,
1: queued, I got to the game 7.25, and I got in my seat about eight minutes into kickoff. Yeah, I mean, now it, it's, it's, it's horrendous.
0: Now I know Alan's always has a lovely, a lovely bee in his bonnet, so to speak, about that people should get there early, and we'll get to that in a minute. I'm sure, of course, he's right. But the reality is, particularly like the evening game, the 7:45 kicker, people are coming from work, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, they get there when they get there. But here's my point about this: it's all because of the electronic entrance. Now you can only get in to the club pretty much via the um, electronic ticket that you download either to your phone or you've got a card the cards work fine so if you've got if you remember to bring your card your membership card basically as a season ticket holder then that then that works fine But if you don't if you everyone's trying to use their phone to get which they encourage us to do Arsenal encourage us to use the pass on our phones smartphones to get into the ground and it does not work for a huge. So basically like it didn't work for me on the, on, for the, for, for the, on uh, the Liverpool game. And I kept holding it at an angle and you have to get the right angle. It just doesn't let you in. And then they say the poor people, I don't blame the poor staff. It's not their fault. It's just, it's just a system. It's not working properly. They say, well, you keep trying it. All they say is go and see the man over there. And of course there's a hundred person crush. Around the turnstiles, everyone's trying to get in with their fucking phones. You have to, like, push your way to see some poor guy in the corner who you then he said, what's the problem? And you tell him, and there's nothing you can do about it. There's no backup plan for all the people who can't get in Using the, cu- using the electronic card on their phones. And all I would say to the club is, you've got to have a backup plan because this is getting ridiculous. Thousands of people arriving late for the game and there are huge crushes at the turnstiles of people trying to get in and, it not, and these things not working. All it has to happen is, if people show you the right pass on their phone, you let them in. You let them in at the barrier. There must be that option, backup option, but they don't seem to be using it. That's my rant about the situation. Alan, are you aware of this situation?
2: Well, boy, breaking news is that I've, I've joined you as a club level member now. So oh. I, I, took, I took Arsenal up on the offer to have a half-year season to get, so I bought one for me and one for my son. We had famous... Well, not as famous as Derma, but we were en- we were entertaining liam gallagher's girlfriend on uh for the liverpool wow. game she's a big arsenal fan It's just been her 40th birthday recently she was there with her twin and we were uh entertaining her um we got into the ground quite early for that reason because we had a few drinks uh, so we didn't see any of this happen but um i've noticed it a couple of times now and it is people either unsure of what they're doing when they go through those barriers, coupled with the fact that the technology isn't working. Someone said to me, and I'm not sure whether this is true, but your, your phone picks up the ticket, but it still needs to pick up a signal that it sends to the gate. And if there's lots of people all trying to do that, and you're not getting a phone signal, then it won't pick up that final key wow. signal to get through wow. the gate. Which is for So therefore, you should just always bring your card with you, because I feel that that can happen many, many more times. I wanted to say yeah. we're talking about fan behaviour, and Tim Stillman always says, "You know, Tim's great. I don't think he's ever had a wrong opinion on Arsenal. He always says never ever police other people's support." But yeah, I'm gonna say, you going to say, going to?" How can it be? How can it be that yesterday, with ten minutes to go, there were people leaving the ground? Oh,
0: no, I know, I know, I know.
2: Where else have you got to be at four p.m. on know. a Sunday?
0: I agree, I agree.
2: To not agree. see what could be a glorious winner. I mean, they made the right call in the end, but on what planet can you be dragging your kid? And, and, and in club level, there was like a family where, I'm sure the kid would, the, 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 they had two kids, a boy and a girl. The, the girl was a bit younger, but the boy was about eight or nine. And I'm sure he was saying to his parents, it's still going on, the match is still going on. Can we stay? I'm almost <laughs> certain that's what was going on. But they were sort of dragging him up the step, and I was thinking that is just... Beyond belief, you know. Su-
0: stay and support the team. That is ridiculous. We had a lo- we stayed right to the bitter end. Minda. We had a lovely drink with some um, like AST. Uh, also, sort trust people. Actually, I should mention them who were, who were very interesting after in the us. game. After the game, yeah, after the game, we let the we let the um, we let the crowd flood out. But Josh, it is ridiculous. And by the way, one thing we should also uh, things I think keep reminding things we should mention there was booing, wasn't there after the game yesterday? Quite loud booing, which I thought was. I-
1: i didn't hear
0: this uh, there was yeah it was audible it was it was clearly audible and um, i i had like to the end
1: so that i would be straight out so i saw the bitter M and sort of slipped away it wasn't really i was like murmurs of discontent there wasn't really booing from where i was um to be honest but i just think it it was so disappointing but we've said it already the tests are still to come. We're still hugely in contention. I mentioned United and Tottenham ahead of us, but we're still in the mix. And you know what? If we'd have taken uh, being in the mix for fourth and a genuinely in the mix for fourth with half a dozen games to go, I think we'd have all grabbed it. And I think that is going to be the case. If oh, yeah. no, we the, fall the a booing, bit short. The, the booing, you ridiculous. don't agree with it. Yeah, it the booing. Rid- I, I didn't hear any booing, so I can't say it's ridiculous. People say... But I've taken my card every game in answer to your previous topic. Uh. And I'm like, but like it's still crazy, crazy queues. Crazy yeah, cues. Anyway. I, I feel like just... the odd one out now, no club level. What are we got to predict? Yep. We could predict.
0: We're, but what, let me just say welcome to Alan to club level, um, by the way. Um, you've, you know, I, I hope to see you there soon. You um, get a little gift when you join yeah. club level. Um, but I guess I
2: don't think you do mid-season. I mean, I'm, I'm hanging out there for one, but I don't think you do <laughs> mid-season. More like, no. uh, can we can we sell this overpriced seat to you uh there's no cop free. I was promised free drinks at half time, but I couldn't find a coffee. I had to walk two restaurants along. It's terrible. Oh, Absolute
0: I mean, terrible. tell me, I mean, <laughs> don't get me started. Obviously don't on the whole, on the whole refreshment situation. Yeah. I mean, that is, that's, that is ridiculous. Yeah. But we, 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 we've mentioned that a few times. We need, yeah. So this next game is in about three years time. Wolves away. As Josh mentioned, it's absolutely fucking crucial because they are coming up very strongly just below us. Um, Thursday the 10th of February seems like a lifetime away but we're not going to go to this,
1: this. are you I Excellent. think I'm going to go yeah I'm, I'm looking forward it's so a to Thursday this, feel, night yeah that's what I like yeah. to do with my Thursday nights I'd be in Wolverhampton anyway probably on a Thursday night just just hanging There's out tools. Um, tools. I, yeah I, I I don't know I mean they are so informed. I mean they are I don't know what their odds are of the top six I can uh, sorry the top four even what they're now 40 to one but I assume they were probably have a zero on that, um, uh, you know, a a month back. So um, I I think we'll draw this game and uh, yeah, one, all boys, one, all, but I think that's also okay. Given the form they're in and uh, if we can follow that up with two home wins, I think I'll take.
0: Alan.
2: Yeah. I couldn't agree more with that. And yeah, Josh, you're right. They were, you know, obviously around the 200 being completely dismissed. Sometimes, some. not even quoted. And then, like you say, they, they've got their act together under this, under this new guy. Um, th- all the players have bought into this system and, and for them, they've gone really under the radar and, and, and people are only just started talking, talking about them now, but it's a really, really good run of form, but they also look efficient with it. So I think a point there would be good. It would be a good point, And I think it's a point to build on not like yesterday's point which was a disappointing point. So, you know, you can have different variations of the same result. If we if we draw nil-nil Neil at Molyneux, I'd be I'd be quite happy. Um and again, I, you know, you've got to reiterate. I've been quite negative about Arteta and his stats during this podcast, but if he achieves top 6 and brings on those six players and the young players we already love in the squad, then I'm happy to, you know, <laughs> get behind the project. I think that has to be said, however disappointed and and ranty I've been about yesterday.
0: Yeah, you've only, you've been a bit ranchy. That's nice to hear. Yeah, I mean maybe. Look, you know, let's. I I, I mean, someone accused me of flip flopping on Twitter, which I fully happily <laughs> agree. I happily, I happily admit that I flip flop. But that's life, isn't it? Being a football fan is a lifetime of flip flopping because fortunes how fortunes flip flop. I mean, that's the problem. And you know, who knows? Who the fuck knows right now how good Arteta is? It's just difficult. Maybe you know we'll sign. Vlavic and Arthur, and maybe Pepe will come back from AFCON and he'll play brilliantly. And maybe Martinelli will play up front and it'll all be brilliant. And, you know, the players will come back from suspension and we'll finish fourth. Who knows? It's it's, it's going to be exciting. That's my final word. It's going to be very, very exciting um, uh, second half of the season. Uh, and we're having a lavish break, Josh. Are, we, are you going to go to Dubai? Are you going to have some warm weather training in Dubai? Uh, Barbados
1: for me, boy, yeah, nice. just uh, 10 days in Barbados. Yeah. see all of your fellow club level members out there by the pool um, No, I am very much here and uh, focusing solely on the trip to Wolverhampton
0: Excellent Okay, um, it's been epic Thanks very much Alan, as ever Cheers boy. Cheers Josh Cheers Josh, and I uh, will see you after that fucking Wolves game in about five years time See you then If you want to advertise on or sponsor this show, check us out at playbackmedia.co.uk.
1: Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: Lucky Land
2: Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?
1: Lucky? In line at the
2: deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.